I'm Vince. And I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff. This is Travis! Welcome to Undesign. What's up, Travis? How you doing, brother? I mean, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Uh, it's good we're to be back. back on Undesign stuff, right? That's right. We're undesigning yet again. Are we really, though? Let's find out. So... <laughs> So every every week we I, I roll up a thing and Vince looks on a chart on a table, a random table, of things because it's random because I rolled a thing, and this week we rolled twenty seven, which is second edition D and D, the best books question mark. So that's, right. that's going to be a different title when we upload this, right? <laughs> that's going to be a different title, yeah. The best books. You have to take your voice away. It, which well, books. yeah. Which one is it? Best books or or the best books or. What are the best books of the second edition D&D? What is this? Uh, sure, yeah. All of this... that, right? <laughs> sure. So as usual, let me lay down the premise for you. Now, I think you and I are both big fans of second edition Dungeons & Dragons. We played it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I love it. I would still play it to this day, I think. I, I would have no problems picking up that, that game and playing it. Sure. Uh, and, and that's not just nostalgia goggles completely, because I did go back and play plenty of second edition, like... When the fourth edition bust happened and we all woke up and realized it was terrible. Yeah, this is uh, bad, so let's try something that we thought was good, right? Yeah, I went back and played a lot of second ed. You know what I found? I had a lot of fun doing it. It was uh, it was a pretty yeah. darn good time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what I wanted to talk about here is is basically this. Okay. Uh, second edition D&D is fascinating to me. And I'll tell you why, Trav. Because... In the flurry of publishing that they did, to because, you know, and we, we can talk a little bit about the, the history of the thing and, and what happened here. Mm-hmm. But in the flurry of publishing that they did, I think they accidentally created just books that I still reference to this day, mm-hmm. like timeless classics. Yeah. Now, I'm going to count second edition as like sort of the end of first. It's not like I'm I'm not necessarily starting with just like the publishing in 1989 of the second edition player's handbook. I'm going to bring in some stuff that's before that. Okay. Okay. And because some of that stuff was technically printed during first edition times, but was sort of made to be second edition compatible. Yeah. There were, there were second edition compliant stuff. And there was even a few, there were even a few things that had like, like rules in it for like changing from first to second edition. So they were obviously thinking forward. Right. So here, let, so <clears throat> let, let me just lay down the premise. The interesting part about second edition D&D to me is that it sort of the business model that came about in the in the late 80s, especially, and then and then grew throughout that time was this realization that the way they make money is by making more things to sell. Right. Seems fairly obvious. Like. Yeah. Just keep printing books. Make more books. Let's go. Make more books. Make more money. And seemingly the well just wasn't going to run try, right? So, you know, there's just endless, endless, endless supplies of books from this time period. There were a lot of books. I agree. Yeah, there was just tons of books. Yeah. So the period I'm actually citing here starts with the publishing of, let's call it the brown books, the blue books, and the green books. Yeah, man. Um so the complete books, I guess, is what I I would I would have called them. Like it was always like it started with like the complete fighter and the complete thief and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. that stuff. Those were great. Um, 
it was uh, I tell you, it was a shame, I think, that they didn't have cover art. Um, I like I understand that that probably saved them just heaps of money. Yeah. Um, but it really was a shame that they didn't have a cover art. But the contents were fantastic, right? Like, Absolutely. There was sure there was a lot of extraneous garbage uh, that I can't even remember. Um, but those those books, uh, you know, going back to our our another recent episode we did about I think I think single game mechanics and and multi game mechanics or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Single single mechanics in games and multi. These books all, like all the time had bolt-on mechanics right like they just had yes. tons of things to just add to your game if you liked the way it sounded you know like if you just right. read it you're like oh this is cool i want this in my game you could do that you could just stuff it into your game and it wouldn't really disrupt the flow of any of the other parts of the game that were already there previously exactly and so that was just just great i think i, I don't, i'm not sure but i think those books also introduced kits right Oh like, yeah, was that was that the origin of kits? Um, I, I don't know if it introduced them, but there was certainly tons of kits them, in there. Right? Yes, yeah, yeah, and kits were just uh, revolutionary. Okay, because because before kits, like you you had a class, and that was all defined in a few pages in the player's handbook, and that was really it, right? right. Like that was just kind of your your starting point. But kits added just so many more um, character threads to build on that you didn't have previously. So if you needed a jumpstart for your imagination, like kits had that for you. Um, they also gave obviously mechanical advantages uh, and disadvantages, which is, which is neat and fun, especially for people who like game mechanics. So yep. like they were just, they were full of a lot of great stuff like that. Exactly. So you start with, with all those books. I mean, just backgrounds and kits and stories about different kinds of fighters or mm -hmm. elves like the racial books, especially, I remember just being unbelievably enthralled yeah. with, yeah. right? Because it would get so into the minutia mm -hmm. of like what it was like for the life of an elf. And, you know, you know, yeah. and like that when they because they had this ultra long lifespan or like the different kinds of gnomes and how they yeah. viewed the world. I remember really loving the gnomish one well, just because I thought it was so the cool. The expanded blue books were just so good too, right? right? Like the castles and stuff book yep. or whatever. Like I don't yep. remember the name of the book exactly, but it had all the stuff about how to build, how to make strongholds. Um, yep. Maybe it was called Castles and Strongholds. I don't know. I, I can't remember. Do you remember? doesn't matter. That it was the was castle great. guide. Like uh, the one, the book that like, I, the Necromancer's book, like just, yes. just a book for one singular like magic, magic user subclass, right? Pseudo villain, because remember at this time, even in the game itself, it's still assumed that like if like you were in a necromancy, you yeah. were evil. Which of course I I always hated. You know I was always against that. Mm -hmm. I was I was I loved the concept of the good guy necromancer. I saw no reason why you couldn't be a good guy necromancer. I always thought it was dumb. But yeah. yes, that was like my bible. I loved the complete guide to necromancers. Um, you had the arms and equipment guide. Which arms was and just equipment, yeah full of like in-depth historical research mm -hmm. on the various types of weapons and armor available at different mm -hmm. time periods in history, right? Yeah, I think they had other like um, historical stuff too, right? They had like, um, I don't know, like like a Greek gods book or something like that, some yes. kind of- So that's, that's the green books. So there you get into right, yeah. where it was like playing dur during different time periods, right? So they Those had the age- too. Yeah, the age of heroes and so you play in like ancient Greece. They had- uh, Charlemagne's uh, Crusaders yeah, or Palace, whatever. Yeah, that, that, that whole swath of like colored cover books were yeah. just so good. It's too bad they didn't have the art on the covers, but the art on the inside was pretty neat. Um, so all those were good. I, w I would go back further, though. I would just say 
the Dungeon Master's Guide was probably my first, like, real formative memories of appreciating game designers. Sure. Um, just from the forward in that book. Like, the forward in the Dungeon Master's Guide, the second edition Dungeon Master's Guide by yep. um, Zeb Cook. Um, yeah, he, that guy worked on, like, a ton of other stuff I love, like PC games like Fallout 2 and City of Villains. But he started as, like, uh, like working in D&D. Um, but in his foreword, he basically, like, that was my first experience of reading that, like, you should just do what's right for your game. And you should right. just do you, the choices, make the choices that are right for you and your friends at the table. Um, you know, it, it, all, always think about what's fun before what the book says, that kind of stuff. And then he, I think, I think he was like, he was like, tread carefully because, like, Spider-Man, great power comes great responsibility or whatever. So yep. if you change stuff, be ready to, you know, deal with, you know deal with consequences because changing stuff does does have consequences a lot of times but always do what's best for your group or whatever and that totally created the like the foundation on which most of my gaming ideals are based upon yep so that book was great <laughs> like well, even just the forward absolutely the the monster manual in that time period was incredible because it was actually like when they published the second edition monster manual yeah it was actually the collection if you remember of because you remember at the beginning it was just those little like expandability little, man they were like it was, yeah, it was those little folios yeah they had to put in binders exactly yeah no i and thought then, that was great and then and just it kept on expanding i love those things <laughs> just that it, format's cool they were amazing and like that actual that monster manual that came out for second edition was like recklessly huge mm -hmm. right just incredible depth like yep. once you had that you just had monsters forever forever because one page would have like eight variants of a particular monster on it sometimes, you yeah. know? Um, so and some of them, some of them went, went into ex like extreme minute detail on those, right. those different monsters too, you know, like, like ecologies and, and ecosystems and where, where, where stuff lived, why it lived there, what it eats and what it doesn't eat, what it avoids, you know, how it interacts with other things. Oh yeah. A lot of stuff yeah. going on. There. It was a great setup. Absolutely. And then, you know, there's there's so much more. I mean, we could just sit here and reminisce about books forever. Yeah. So let's do that. Um, the <laughs> Trav, I'm going to spark a memory in you. You ready for this? Sure. Yeah. Hit me. OK. How about some when we got into like all the world specific books? Yeah. Okay. World specific books. OK. There was a lot. So <laughs> again, so much expansion. So much. How about some pages from the mages? You remember in that one? That's good stuff. How uh, how about the Encyclopedia Magica, the one that had, or, you know, the, the two, remember the two four book series, the one that was like just yep. four tomes of collected wizard spells. I think I, I didn't actually like the form of those books though. Cause those books were like short or something like that. I think like, like, weren't they like shorter than the standard standard size books? Yeah. I they were little, they were little they tiny baby books. <laughs> the actual yeah. form of those books bothered me, but the context again, were great, great contents. As somebody who always played wizards in that time, you yeah. know, like, you know, I was, I would just like, I only played Having wizards. Having a spell resource like that was just invaluable. It, it, like, it just so much imagination possibility there. It made me feel like a real wizard. You know what I mean? Like, these were my real spell books. Pouring through these books to find the right, you know, ancient incantation for it. Yes, yeah. yes. Like, absolutely. Uh, I think of the, all of the, the expansions then for like to continue down the world thing. 
where you had like the Seven Sisters book and Giant Craft and the Sahagin book and all those things, for right? For me, it was always Face and Hour, uh, Face and Avatars, Powers yeah. of Pantheons, Emmy Human Gods books from Yes, Forgotten Homes, yep. which it was just like all the different faiths, um, and like they were they were super interesting and different powers and abilities given to specialist priests. So like every faith had like a specialist kit for your for your clerics. And then, like, it would have the organization and the history of the organization and the, all the stuff about the god uh, behind the organization. And, you know, it gave you the ability to do, like, pacifists and war priests and elementalists and all kinds of great stuff. Yep. Um, so, I mean, there, it was just, like, books of hundreds of priest kits and organizations and adventure hooks. Yep. You know, if, if I were going to go back and write second edition D&D books, I'd, I'd write something like that. But it would be, like you know, guilds and organizations and to give even more diversity to it with like kits and equipment and upsides and downsides. Like that's the kind of book I would write stuff like face and avatars, which were just amazing because it gave such depth to the world, right? Mm -hmm. The faith felt so real. It listed like the holy days and the observances and when you pray and how you pray. Right. And it made every cleric just feel like this incredibly unique thing. Right. And it was all very lived in. It's like, this is a thing. This is, this actually is, you know, it's like, okay, this is a, uh, definitely a part of the world. You know, it's not just something I jotted down. It's, 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 it's lived in. Right. These were, they were incredible resources for players, for DMs all all the way around. Right. (laughs) And the reality is we could jump world to world and do this with any of the published game world. Mm -hmm. Forgotten Homes would be the easiest one. I certainly had the most books, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, But you could go to any of them. Yeah. I, you know, for me, it was Planescape when you had things like the Planeswalker's Handbook and the Factal's Manifesto. Mm-hmm. And just like, again, speaking of that lived in quality, just yeah. the amount of creativity that was on display here to make these worlds come to life. Right. Uh, and they, because they just because they were over publishing and let's be real, they were saturating the market into their own bankruptcy. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. what ended up happening. It was a problem. It's, yeah. Yeah. You can't actually just print money forever. Eventually, when they kept getting more and more and more and more specific, these world books that we loved, you know, smaller if you and smaller and smaller audience. Exactly. If you didn't love that world, you weren't buying that book. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of stuff like we mentioned the completes at the start of this. How about the complete Gladiator's Handbook or mm. the complete Shi'ar's Handbook? Yep, not touching that one. Right, like if you got to be, you got to be real into Dark Sun. <laughs> yeah, big time. Like you have got to be not just a Dark Sun cursory fan; it's got to be your jam. In retrospect, though, it's awesome that handbook. that exists. Right? It's like it's amazing that it exists. Yes. The greatest thing they did for the future was publish themselves into bankruptcy because <laughs> into the ground. Because I have all of those books now. And the ones that I lost over time, I went and repurchased, right? I have all the green books, save one. I have all the blue books now. I have all the brown books and, and so on. Like I've got pages, I've got all the encyclopedia magic as of both the magic items and the spells, everything you talked about, the face and avatars, on and on and on, right? I love yeah. All of them, uh, because the the challenge was obviously that that can't go on forever. At the time, it was a failed prospect, but as a as a historical artifact, it's incredible, it's right? Fantastic, yeah. 
it's like finding it's finding a dead civilization you know yes and and like just seeing all the all the parts there it's like oh my gosh look what they did they did all of this yeah it's like the dead sea scrolls (laughs) right 100 percent, because it's just such a beyond it's beyond reason the the resource yeah, and it's kind of the end of the box set era too. Like that's yep. kind of where where it gained box sets were like a big thing, and then they died off like right there. Oh, um, absolutely! You had all the core worlds having their base box set, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'll go back to Planescape again because it contained most of my favorite box sets. Because you had not only the main Planescape box set, which was incredible, and again a thing that I had to go out of my way to get mm-hmm. uh, get back, but then you had like the Planes of Chaos, the Planes of Law. Right, which were just again, if you're a big Modern fan like me, if you really love Modern, holy! Right. If you love a specific most... thing, man, they've got it. In we've got that B-roll. We've got that B-roll. Yeah, just the depth of the 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 level you would go to here about these and that's individual true, listeners. Plans. He has gone on about Modern forever. Just it never ends. He's still doing it right now. Absolutely correct. I still love Modern. The next D and D character I'm planning <laughs> right now. I swear oh my God, to God no. Almighty is a Modern. Yes. Oh, just years of this, people. Years of it. I'm sorry. They're Stay adorable. Tuned. You're gonna get more. Awesome. We want to play characters wherein we see ourselves in them, mm. right? Yes. And a tiny outcast rogue logic logic bot that doesn't know how to be human and is cast out into the world. I empathize with this yep, with this yep. thing. That tracks. <laughs> this uh, is also the era where Dungeon and Dragon magazine were also big. Um, yes. I know they're not books, and they probably don't count, but those books, th- th- they were great, right? Like, they were chock full of compelling stuff yep. um, that you would normally, like, I would say it's the kind of stuff you would see cut from the actual published books, but still worthy of attention of some kind, right? Yeah. yeah That's yeah. kind of the stuff that you that you would get from it. Um, like when the new Dragon magazine would come in, we would we would all go to a shop and sit and read it, right? Like that was a that was a Saturday ritual for years. Oh, 100 percent. I remember when I was working at the shop, uh, when I was working at, at you know the magic card store that I worked at, that I that I basically would uh, press gang you into coming to yeah. on Saturday mornings. Every you Saturday would, morning. Yes, Grab like chicken nuggets to get the Dragon magazine. It's time right. to hang. Get them nugs. Get that dragon. Um, so. It was just like those were incredible resources, and then let's go forward a little more, Trav. Let's let's get into the later Great. period. All right, combat and tactics. Oh boy, spells yeah. and magic. Those right? books were, I guess I guess I would call them revolutionary in the D and D world. Yeah. Um. They 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 both they 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 were both great and terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's a great way to put it. They were as wonderful as they were. Cringe Horrible. inducing. Yes, they were just, just uh, th- some of the worst things that ever happened in my games came out of that kind of stuff. Yeah, those two books. Oh my god. Um, it, like the the level of customization was just it was <sighs> so high that it it broke. It 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 did the opposite of what Bolton system should do, and it gave gave the ability to break the game without knowing it was coming. Right. Yeah. Like you were just like, oh yeah, you can use combat and tactics and spells and magic. Go for it. And then three games in, after your PCs have leveled up a little bit, and you're just like, oh my god, this is this is a nightmare. They are wrecking things they should not wreck. Like these 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 third level characters are like gods unto themselves. Yeah, they just plowed through seven mummy lords. I don't know yeah. what's going on here. Yeah. It was madness. Yeah. 
because you could, you know, like just the the advanced abilities it gave. Although at the same time, again, I still loved those books. We oh. loved them to death. Yeah, sure, we abuse stuff like taking all the because remember it had the point system where you could take all the negatives to get all the positives, yep, that right? That was the thing. See and, how 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 many fetishes you could add to your character. <laughs> yep. You know, I like I have I have I have to hop on one foot for four seconds each day, and yep. that gives me double the first level spell access. What? Right. Right. I've got a phobia of bright blue spiders. Yeah. So what? If I see bright blue spiders, I'm in trouble. Specifically. Yes. That's it. That's my only phobia. Madness. But but if it was used in in a responsible way, if you drink responsibly yeah. from these books, like just great stuff can happen. Agreed. Because it was the it was the type of thing where you'd see like I remember the alternative spell casting that was in there mm-hmm. where it was the sort of uh Meta magic uh, points based casting where you could like yeah. spend extra points to turn your fireball into a square ball. Yeah. Square fire square, I guess. There we go. And it I felt a lot like a beta three third edition kind of thing. Sure. Things sure. stuff going on like a sorcerer. Like sorcerers didn't really weren't really a thing in second edition. Like you had to go into what was that called for the arcs and weave depths thing? You know what I mean? Like that oh, yeah. that book. You had to go into that to get into kind of sorcerer territory until spells and magic. Yes. And I, I just I loved it because, again, as somebody who who just consistently, ironically, uh, my favorite character at that time period was a ranger, the only ranger I ever played. And he was yeah. played with you as as my as my companion. Uh, but the as somebody who just basically played wizards, like I, as I've said before, I have a list of all my characters in this time period. And it's about only wizard, wizard. It's like ones. 30 wizards and two other non wizards. That's really the breakdown. Right. And. The uh, the thing that that I loved about it was I felt like, oh, no, this is some part of the fun of playing a wizard or a class like that. Somebody really magical in the game is the discovery of stuff. It yeah. always made the game feel like there was a, a, a joy of exploration. Right. And because being a wizard, you can find new spells. You get to unlock like weird magic items when you run into weird, magical, ancient mysteries you're the one who's going to solve it. It's all, it mm-hmm. turns, it's it just, the the whole game, the whole fantasy world, but certainly D&D, to some degree, turns on magic. And being the magic guy or girl is just, it puts you in the center of that. And when they introduce all of these wonderful, amazing new options for it, I just, it was that d- meta discovery again. Yeah. Right. Of rediscovering this thing I love in a new version, and really, that's what was great about all these second edition books. Um, yeah, was the fact that every time a new one came around, it was like, "Holy crap! This is all more stuff about a thing that I love that I never thought would be. Like, none of this would have been available. Holy crap!" Right, right, exactly. Because in 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 the sort of modern world, n- that that could never happen again. Like, it won't. You look at fifth edition D and D, which I truly love and think is the best version of D and D ever. From yeah, what kind it, of release schedule are they on? Like, what are they putting out? Like, like five books a year, ten books a year? What are they doing? Oh God, no! It's probably two, three, maybe wow, two or three books and, a year. Huh. And keep in mind, those are usually adventures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The uh, here's here's the easiest way they're I can explain. Substantial adventures, though, right? Like, oh yeah, they're whole like, campaign arcs from like one yeah. to fifteen usually. Yeah. Here, here's the easiest way I can explain it, Trav. The game launched in. Well, compare that to Forgotten Realms, like releasing just sure. here's 
here's January. Let's release let's let's release fifteen modules. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here's the easiest way I can explain the difference, Trev. It's 2019 right now. You know, as of us recording this, it is still 2019. Might not be by the time it's released, but whatever. Sure. And uh, they just within the last month. Okay, the game has been out for five years. Yeah. Within the last month, we just got our first additional class added to the game. Wow. Which was the Artificer, which came out in the Ebron book. Five years, we had the classes in the base player's handbook and jobs of good. Mm-hmm. Right? Didn't need any more. And this is the big game. Like, this is still the heavy hitter in the RPG, like, thing. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. Dungeons oh, yeah. and Dragons is still the guy. Massive. The girl. The, the person. You know what I'm saying? It's the one. Um, so other, other games are probably not releasing books at, you know, in mass either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, not really. It's, it's become the thing. And it's because they sort of realized that the better way to do it, it's an interesting shift because when you look back at what they were publishing in second edition, think of how much of it was player focused content. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a ton of adventures. Lots. Sure. But so much of what they put out was player-focused content, Mm -hmm. right? One of the really interesting realizations that they had in 5th edition, I think, is that they needed to focus a lot more on DM content and making it easier for people to DM, okay? So these adventure arcs are big, they're sprawling, they're well laid out, they're, like, people can run them, even who are very new. I've seen a lot of people— Which is great start playing D&D, like I know many people who have started playing D&D in 5th edition, they all start with the adventure arcs and they all find it comfortable. The DMs feel confident. They're able to navigate a very often complex story well. And what they realized... The DMs had problems with in the past, like things that were always an issue, yeah. Yeah, they realized if you want to keep the game healthy, you've got to keep people DMing. Because you'd have all the players in the world. If no one's running games, it doesn't matter. The game falls apart Mm -hmm. because people drift away. But if you've got DMs who are ready and willing at all times to run content, you're good, right? You're good forever. That, yep. That's the secret. It's um, smart. Yeah, I, 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 and I, I would agree with that design choice. Uh, it, does, it does make me a little sad, though. I, I, love, I love books and always have. And so, you know, seeing a time where it's less about, you know, releasing books, it hurts a little bit, you know? Uh, sure. It's one of the things I, lo- I loved about Rifts was it was they, at one point in time, were just releasing books upon books upon books of Rifts, you know? Yeah, yeah. And every every new one was the same way. It was like, oh, this is like second edition, man. I'm getting a whole bunch of new stuff that I love. Yeah. Like, even even the worst books, I'm like, there's something in here I like, you know? Sure. Yeah, even if you get your South America. South America. Too. Exactly, South America. <laughs> yes. There's still something in there I like. Sure. There was some pretty good, like, Jaguar armor in there. Yep. Um, we got a whole separate topic about riffs in the future. But, Sorry. You know, you're okay. I, I think that what's fascinating to me about this time period, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it is to say this. Yeah. If you, if you are someone who's playing a new edition of D&D, and by the way, like I said, I think that 5th edition is the best. I don't think you should, like, go back and play 2nd edition. Right. That's not what I'm Yeah, we're, not, we're not, definitely not saying that. You can. Yeah. Uh, you can go back and play it and have a good time, but 5th edition is probably the way to go right now. Right. But what I'll say is this. If you're somebody looking for resources or references yeah. or information on, like, given Forgotten Realms, the time period has advanced, and there's plenty mm-hmm. printed on that yeah. edition. They're one of the worlds that's got their own book. It's, you know, it's detailed enough. But that being said, you want to find more information on the Forgotten Realms gods. Those basically haven't changed. Yep. You have unbelievable resources there. You want to get a, you want to add amazing depth 
to the elves or the gnomes or the races of your worlds, right? Mm-hmm. You want to run and a any game. specific type of thing. Like you want to you want to talk about gladiators? Look at a gladiator. A book that has stuff about gladiators because it's all there. Yeah, one of the and some of these books are truly evergreen. So remember yeah. the book? There was a blue book called Creative Campaigning. Do you remember yeah. this one? To me, it is one of literally the greatest resources for game masters ever published. Right, and it's so so not dependent on like numbers and statistics that are tied to right. like an edition of a book, a, nope. a, a RPG series. It's all just blanket information that works for any RPG. Period. Correct. Here's other interesting ways to set the game, to construct your party, to get people working together, to set up interesting mysteries, to change the way people explore. Just on and on and on with unbelievable depth. Uh, These are still resources that I would point people towards. So if you're Mm -hmm. in fifth edition and you're thinking like, well, I'd love to get some more books or I'm looking for more information on this stuff, it's out there. Go back and find those particular books we're talking about. Take a look at those blue books. Take a look at those brown books, you know, the, the race books, the class books, whatever. Maybe the class books are less useful because they were more mechanical. The race books were jammed full of fluff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But those things like creative campaigning, the the green books that let you play in alternate time periods, very little mechanics in there, right? And and also also campaign settings aren't locked to an edition. Like you can take a campaign setting and use yeah. it anywhere you know exactly like 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 what red steel and stuff like that and um oh there's all kind there's just all kinds of great stuff spell jammer you know whatever you, yeah. you could grab different settings like that and and leap into the future with them and you can even tack them onto your current like worlds and stuff that's fine it's all fine 100 percent. so check them out i think it's one of the greatest periods of publishing it did end up destroying them but it <laughs> but you know <laughs> but it left us with with a treasure trove of ancient artifacts worth worth digging out you know that's right worth giving a second look like it's funny if i was ever going to spin my youtube channel into a DD channel it would literally just be me doing reviews of those books and talking let's talk about these books yeah yeah we could we could literally do the rest of this series for the next year on just those books so hey there you go that's uh second edition DD. the best books question mark undesigned the answer is yes undesigned all right thank you very much everybody for listening we certainly appreciate it give us a a rating, some kind of star thing on iTunes, probably five of them. That's always helpful. Five's a good. review Review's is amazing. Yeah, yes. hit us up. Share it with people. We deeply appreciate it. We thank you for listening. And as always, we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.